0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miquez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Coming to you on a Tuesday. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here on this Tuesday afternoon. Didn't have a show yesterday because of the Houston Astros. We'll dive into that. They just can't seem to beat the Seattle Mariners. Is that their crib tonight? We'll find out at 530 when we talk to Apollo Des of Apollo HOU for To the Moon Tuesdays. Also, we're going to dive into the Tigers, the Cajuns, both falling short in their regionals. And the message from both coaches just seemed to be, you ran out of magic. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the NBA Finals. We'll talk about the NHL playoffs. We'll talk about the craziness that is about to be the Live Tour, the new competition for the PGA Tour and. To be honest, LIV seems to be winning right about now. Producer extraordinaire slash co-host with the most. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Mr. James Mesh. James, what's going on, bud? How are you? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm I'm living the dream, bro. I'm living the dream. I am here. Uh, I am breathing. I'm here to talk about sports for the next two hours, so I can't complain too much.
2: Yeah, no, It's a pretty sweet
1: gig. It's a sweet gig. <laughs> it's it really good. is. It's pretty good. Um, So... Let, let's let's start off with a, a a bad beat in in sports betting.
2: Yeah, let's get that one out right? Um
1: so game two of the NBA finals was Sunday night, and I'm looking through FanDuel to see if there's any like last-minute bets I can make real quick. And I love the odds boost, right? Because it's just crazy odds that you could quickly make a lot of money on and usually they they hit more times than not. And so this one Sunday night was Stephen Curry and Jason Tatum to each score 30. And I'm looking at it and I said, "Man, you know, that seems that seems kind of high." I said, "But then again, Steph scores 30 pretty regularly." I said, "Jason Tatum scores 30 almost every night." I said, "Why not? Let, let's let's do something here." And so the odds were plus five hundred, and I was feeling good about myself. I was feeling good about my chances. So I had forty dollars in bonus funds on Fanduel, and I said, "Hey, let's just use them all. Let's just put the whole thing—all forty bucks." So my payout would have been two hundred. So a total of two forty because I got my forty back plus two hundred, right? James, enlighten the folks on how many points. Curry and Tatum finished with?
2: <laughs> Curry only had 29, and Tatum had 28. Which And and the thing is, they both were taken out pretty much at the beginning In of the fourth. In the
1: beginning of the fourth quarter. I kid you not, seconds before they were both taken out, I had a conversation with my fiancé, and I started the conversation with, I'm not going to freak out. I said, but I'm only three points away from cashing out this bet. And then I see, you know, I don't Aaron Naismith replaces Jason Tatum. And I was like, no. No. And and I knew because the, the Celtics were down twenty at this point. Yeah, they were down about twenty five. And so I, I knew that, you know, they were benching Tatum for the night. And I was like, no. And then not a second later, I think it was Jonathan Kaminga replaces Stephen Curry. And I was like, no. I just needed a free throw from Curry and a layup from Tatum, and you're going to do this to me? <laughs> like uh, the the sports betting gods, they hate me. I'm convinced of it. I mean that that's a bad beat, dude. It hurts. <laughs> it it definitely hurts. I had trouble falling asleep that night. Oh, I bet you're probably
2: thinking about I'm, it like, man, I'm so stupid. Whatever. A-
1: I was bet. I was having a hard I time. Should have known better. That, night. that was that, that was rough. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. That was very uh, very hard pill to swallow. Our poll question for the day it is Astros related due to the fact that the Astros play tonight right here on the game. Can the Astros take down the Mariners again? The Astros and the Mariner. It just the Mariners seem to be the astros crypt tonight they lost last night 7 to 4 the last 3 game series they played the astros were only able to win one game and it was by a run and then you know before that at the beginning of the year it was a one out of 3 scenario for the astros they did sweep the mariners one time at the beginning of may but i mean the astros have one four Five wins, and 5 they're 5-5 five and five against the Mariners this season. 25% of their losses. That's not great.
2: Or <laughs> to one team.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. That's not great. So I, I feel like the Mariners are kind of the Astros' kryptonite. So that's our, our poll question of the day, both on Facebook and Twitter. Can the Astros take down the Mariners tonight at home? Yes or no? As always the game hotline wide open unless we have a guest 337 and here in Acadiana you can watch us on the Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and channel 133 on LUS Fiber If you turn on the Simulcast you can see this this fresh new cut that Matt has which is usually a 2 week thing
2: but, but for was, some
1: reason, he waited four weeks. It was a four week thing. Had which, to go, which shocked me. Had to go see my girl Whitney at uh, at just for him and Broussard. She she got me right. I needed it because the 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 mop was getting bad. Like yesterday, I didn't even bother fixing it because it was just getting too long. I couldn't I couldn't do anything with it.
2: And then you look at my hair.
1: And James <laughs> just wakes up and it's just
0: there.
2: <laughs> it just exists.
1: I, I I gotta know how you do
2: it. What do you mean?
1: Well, Like do you, do you even put anything in your hair?
2: No. Like, I mean other than shampoo and conditioner? No. Well, right,
1: like no gel, no no. No hairspray, no, no nothing. No. Damn. Must be a nice life. <laughs> yeah. This is Sa- I mean saves money.
2: I
0: I
1: act I act like this takes forever to do. It takes like 2 seconds.
2: I was going to say your hair is very short. But but like
1: you, you like you said saves money. Dude, my hair gel's 30 bucks. Yeah. Granted, that one little container lasts me about six months, but... I still save 30 bucks. Right. You, you still save $5 a month more than I do on hair products, which is a nice life to live. Anyways, moving on. The LIV Tour is, has been in the news a lot lately and is in the news even harder today. Dustin Johnson has announced that he is resigning from the PGA Tour to go play in the Live Golf Series now, what's going to be interesting about Liv? It's the Roman numerals for fifty-four. Obviously, each tournament is going to be fifty-four holes. There are no cuts, and crazy, crazy prize money. So
2: it would be it would be over three days for the weekend. Correct. And each day you play a eighteen-hole course. Correct.
1: Okay. Each regular season event will feature a purse of 25 million dollars. Winner will earn four million. Last place will earn 120,000. <laughs> Sign me up. Right. <laughs> right. I'll <laughs> finish dead last.: I
2: don't, dude, I'll purposely finish last.
1: I mean, 120,000 dollars a week? I'm a millionaire in two months. Let's do it. Absolutely. I'll open up my weekends. But here's where things with the LIV are gonna get interesting. They're in teams. Like
2: two or three man teams.
1: Four man teams. Oh. Four man teams. So and, and they're gonna draft every week.
2: Do we have like a there's gonna be like a certain team captain or how
1: new team captains every, every week? week. <laughs> okay. It it's crazy. There, there's a lot of, there and, and it it's kind of like the XFL. You know, they're just trying to, you know, keep it light, get people more involved, but like it it might get kind of confusing after a little while.
2: Oh, you'll definitely forget after a couple weeks, like, wait, I, I could have sworn he was on this team, but right. that was also because that was three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, each event will feature 12 teams made up of four golfers each, with Live Golf appointing a captain to lead each team. Those captains will then select the other three players for their team in a snake draft format each week, as the player pool will change from event to event. Okay, so the captains will stay the same. Oh, okay. Captains will stay the same, which those were announced today. Uh, team captains were announced today. Um, Each team will have their own logo, name, and unique colors. Team scoring is where it differs from the PGA Tour. During the first two rounds, only each team's best two scores will be used to quantify where they rank. That number rises to three scores in the third and final round. Lastly, the team championship will be held during the eighth and final event. That event will be a four-day, four-round match play knockout bracket. The winning team after the season finale will receive a cool $16 million. However, all teams that take part will bring home a pretty penny. The last place team will bring in a million in tournament earnings. Darn. Oh, I only made a million. Darn. I only made $250,000 because you're going to split it between four guys. I only made a quarter of a million dollars. God dang it, what a life I live. James Mesh, you're, you're Boston Celtics. We we didn't get to talk about it yesterday because we didn't have a show.
2: Correct the mundo.
1: Um they got beat up on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they got they got beat up on it.
2: Third, third quarter was the Bliss and there was no surviving that.
1: And but the the problem is and you've even said it. They didn't really do themselves any favors.
2: No, uh, I mean, if you look at my Twitter, I'll, I'll tweet about it if it's like if it really gets to me. And what really got to me was the fact that nineteen The, player, the players, and th- and this is at least once. A ser- this is at least two or three games a series where they just forget how basketball works, and they they're just like, oh, I'm not supposed to turn it over. I'm not i I'm not supposed to give it to the other team. Like they're they're so careless with the ball sometimes. It makes no sense. Like they also, if you notice, they'll go up for a shot and they're like, oh crap. And now they're in midair and it's like, well, I can't come down, so now I gotta pass it. So you're kind of going all arm with the passes, and sometimes you get so crowded because the defenses will trap you sometimes and they'll they'll move the focus over to one side of the court. So then you're going to have to try and make a cross-court pass from the right wing to the left corner, and then it gets picked off easily because you don't put enough strength on it, and you're also throwing it to the corner where there's a limited amount of space. It's it's just not good basketball when you watch it sometimes, as here's, much as I hate to say it.
1: Here's what's disturbing for me. Horford, Williams, and Smart.
2: I think they combine for under Six. 10. Yeah.
1: You you had three starters combined for 6 points. That is a serious issue. And and here's the thing.
2: Horford you can count on to have a have one or two good games a series. So him cuz if he's not scoring 20 plus like he has a few times in these playoffs, expect him to have eight or less. Yeah. Because he's going to be more focused on getting some boards, making the right passes, and just mainly playing defense. Which that's I mean, his—that's his main job.
1: Which I mean, that's okay because that's kind of what you expect out of Al Horford.
2: Yeah, but Mark, but the fact that you had those three starters combine,
1: Marcus Smart only getting two points, dude. Come on.
2: Yeah that that was rough. I think he got he got into foul trouble early, and like I said, he was the main guy that was really getting careless with the ball. Like, he had five turnovers, yeah. I believe, at halftime. Yeah. It was like, what do what you do? He had five for the game. Yeah, and he pretty much didn't play the second half because you look at him was like, Derek White, ever since he's had his child, he's, he's pretty much gone, in my eyes, Kobe mode. He's just like, if I get the ball, I'm looking yeah, to attack me. the basket and score, which I'm not mad at. As much as I'd like to for him to dish it to the corner, everybody keeps biting on his pump fakes at the three-point line, so it's like, if he draws attention and then kicks out, that's cool. But otherwise, I mean, if you get an open shot, I'm not mad at it. Go for it. Go go for it, Derek.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Played 30 minutes off the bench. I mean, that's pretty impressive for, for a young guy like Derek White. Um. Obviously, talking about college baseball real quick, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns falling to TCU on Sunday 6-1 to to eliminate them from the College Station Regional. And then yesterday, LSU – falling to Southern Miss 8-7 to seven, and a winner-take-all in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss will now host the Hattiesburg Super Regional against Ole Miss. We'll dive into that a little bit later on in the show. James, I read you this tweet earlier from Jeff Passan, one of the top writers in baseball. And it says two weeks ago today, the Angels were 27 and 17 with the eighth best record in baseball and on their way to the first postseason berth since getting swept in the divisional series in 2014. Fast forward to today, they are 27 and 29. That is a 12 game losing streak. That is good for the 15th best record in baseball. If the season ended today, they would not make the playoffs and they have fired Joe Madden, their manager. It's impressive. It, it
2: it really is. I mean, like I get it. It's hard to win in sports, but I also find it really impressive that you've found a way to lose this with, many times in a row.
1: And with the talent that you have,
2: like that's that's a pretty good team. That's that's it.
1: That's a pretty Mike decent roster. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Like on the mound, you got Reed Detmers, the guy who just threw a no hitter a couple months ago.
2: You have notable players that are very talented. Yeah, that's, and that can and that can fill multiple voids. Right. And the
1: fact that you've dropped 12 in a row, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's not great. That's definitely not great. Um, Yeah, that's, wow. 12-game losing streak, and they are now without a coach. Also, DK Metcalf, not at mandatory minicamp. Holding out, trying to get a new contract. Interesting. Interesting. And now... I mean, spo- it makes sense. Staying on the subject of NFL football, Aaron Rodgers says that he will definitely finish his career with the Packers? Really? Because wasn't it about a year
2: ago? Two years ago. Or two years ago? Where it all started. That, that, you, that well, not you, started, but like that
1: that's where it like became really notable. That, that you... Basically couldn't wait to get out of there. And and now you're definitely going to finish your career there. Hmm. Intriguing.
2: I find it interesting that you, you get on Tom Brady for, I guess, getting upset that someone else announced that you're retiring whenever you weren't r- ready to announce it yet. Right. Like so, someone jumped a gun for something that's important for you in your life, and people got upset about it. But it's like I, I don't hear as much flack about Rogers being like being like that that moody girlfriend, right? Or it's like I don't want to be here with you anymore. I don't. I don't. I'm tired of you. And then and three, then, and three then, days later, post uh, on Instagram. I miss god, you. I love him. Oh my god, I miss right. you. Right,
1: like bro, come on, man. As a reminder, it is the game's birthday, and this is your invitation to party with us as we celebrate 10 years being Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Join us, Buffalo Wild Wings, on Ambassador Wednesday, June 22nd for delicious wings, amazing door prizes, and, of course, appearances from your favorite 1037 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles personalities, including... Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh, who will be broadcasting live at B-Dubs. So come join us Wednesday, June 22nd from 4 to 9 for the game's 10th birthday bash. Going to take time out right here. When we return, we'll talk NBA Finals. Get you set for game three tomorrow. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on a Tuesday on the game. 103-7 Lafayette and 104-1 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, game three tomorrow night in Boston. You know, as a a Celtics fan, you got to be feeling like this is a golden opportunity for the Celtics to start distancing themselves from Golden State.
2: This is where you feel like you you should be able to take the lead again. The Celtics have not lost two games in a row this whole postseason. Make make note of that. They have not lost two in a row yet. You're you're at home now. You haven't been the best at home, but I you would expect to at least win one. Uh, of these next two games. And I also expect Marcus Smart to play a lot better because usually when people are on Marcus Smart and he has a bad game, it's the same thing with Jason Tatum where they bounce right back and you kill Marcus Smart for his decision-making because sometimes he doesn't have the best IQ. But looking at it, whenever that happens, He'll come back the next game with fifteen, eight and and ten. Yeah. So I, I expect Marcus Smart to have a bounce back game and not score two points. If anything, I wouldn't even be surprised if he scored twenty six. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he goes six or seven for ten or eleven from three. Cause he had such a bad game last game. And he lights it up lights the world on fire.
1: So so you're talking about how the Celtics have never lost two games in a row. Are you how certain are you that the Celtics are going to win game 3? I'm about 95% confident, Ooh, I would say. That's a high number. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. I, um I mean when you I mean when you look at it, like I said, they haven't lost yet. They're a good team. They they've been able to Show that they have flashes and that they can win and punch Golden State right back. The only thing is that would concern you is giving an, giving up another big third quarter and you not do anything. Because we've seen that before where Boston will go up big, third quarter happens, and all of a sudden it's within a couple of possessions, and they fumble it at the end. That wouldn't shock me if you if we saw it again, but I gotta believe in this team. That usually when you have a whenever they have a, a bad game, they bounce back and they kind of show you like, hey, we get it. We haven't made it this far yet with this team, but we know what to do and we know how to make adjustments. And especially with how much time they've had with the other. With the other rounds that they and the other opponents that they've had. You only had a day or two, maybe, to make adjustments, and then you're just on to the next game. With with them being in the finals, they get three or four days. So they get that extra preparation. Now, granted, so does Golden State. Right. But now that you're at home, you're playing in your home crowd, you have the chance to reclaim that lead. And feel confident and not feel like. Oh now game 4 is a must win. Because we're down 2-1. I feel confident in this game. I believe we'll see a lot of bounce back games. A lot of people just felt. ineffective, And. You may also see some. More changes to the defense. And you'll finally stop seeing a drop coverage. Because. You saw that with the Bucks series. And you saw it a lot with. The Heat series, because other than Struess and I guess you could say Duncan Robinson and maybe Grayson Allen, the two teams that they previously played, they didn't have stellar three point shooters. Whereas that's that's the whole mantra of Gold, of Golden State, right? Is they shoot threes. So I feel like we should finally stop seeing so much drop coverage from players like Al and Grant and them just kind of hoping that they drive where it's like look if you give him an, if you give even Steph a foot of space he's going to shoot it so i expect the defense to be a lot more aggressive when it comes to the screens and i don't want to say this is a a knock on golden state but i showed you the video of of Draymond but and that and that's a lot of the time the quote the, the quote unquote, moving screen when he's literally pushing people like Derek White out the way so Steph can shoot his 27-footer. It It's a tough offense to try and beat whenever you're not getting those type of calls, where it's like, hey, look, he's literally pushing me out the way, but there's no call. But when it comes down to it, I got to believe they ultimately win. You'll see a lot of bounce-back performances from people that underperformed i e smart i e Robert Williams he won't have fifteen but you'll see about eight points you'll see him about get seven eight rebounds and still have his two or three blocks
1: hey i'm 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 fine with it. I don't have a complaint there. Do you still think Celtics in seven
2: here's what I see I see it goes Boston game three Golden State game four Boston game five Golden State game six. Boston game seven. Hmm. No one's going to win back-to-back games because both teams are so good at adjusting.
1: That's fair. That's true. Man, it, this this series has been—I know it's only been two games—but this series has been a lot of fun so far, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of it as it as it gets closer and closer to the end. If you want to see the Houston Astros in person, then listen up. The Game 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. The Houston Astros take on the Chicago White Sox on Saturday, June 18th, and you could be there. All you got to do is register in the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041 thegamecom to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. When we return here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, Jonathan von Tobel of Veasan will join us. He is the host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. He's going to join us to talk all things sports betting in the world of the NBA. You're listening to the game 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, here on your Tuesday afternoon on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. It's time to talk some sports betting, specifically in the realm of the NBA. He is the host of The Edge on Vsin as well as the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. He is making his crunch time with Miguez and Mesh debut. It's Mr. Jonathan Von Tobel. Jonathan, thank you for taking the time, my friend. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. You know, I've uh, we've been grinding all season to get to this point. The NBA Finals hasn't been the most exciting postseason in memory, but uh, you know, I like the Celtics. I am a backer of them and like the position they're in. So obviously, I'm excited for what the series holds. So
1: let's dive into that. You know, you talked about this not being the most you know exciting and entertaining postseason to this point. You know, how has that affected the the betting side of things, if at all?
3: Yeah, I think when you look at it from that perspective, it hasn't really, at least from the guys that I've talked to, hasn't really affected it from a handle standpoint. Uh, you know, because I asked uh, the oddsmaker maker out here, Vinny Mayula, who works with us at Beeson and runs at South Point, you know, when you talk about, like, comparison to the NHL, right, because that's kind of a, the apt comparison because the playoffs are going right up next to each other. It still, you know, beats the NHL in terms of handle. It's still right there. It uh, hasn't really changed too much in terms of betters wanting to get into it, where it really affects it from a handle standpoint is in-game when you get to some of these blowouts, right? Because there's no real reason for me to get involved in a game that's about a 20-point deficit in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter because it does seem like that is a game that is pretty much settled. So I think that's where you see the biggest difference. But when you're talking about pre-flop handle, when you're talking about betters wanting to get involved from a series standpoint before it begins or in between games, uh, you're still getting a very popular uh, handle, at least from what I can gather from some of the oddsmakers. For these NBA postseasons, the big difference, of course, is the fact that you don't really want to bet in game or uh, props. Sometimes, too, you get a little burned because you'll have guys uh, on overs, and then games like Game Two, you'll be sitting there waiting for him to score two more points, but he's out of the game because the game's over.
1: Now, staying on the topic of the NBA, the cell you, you, you mentioned back in the Celtics here in the NBA Finals, you know what what kind of numbers are you guys seeing in terms of? other people back in the Celtics, do they seem to be the favorite right now, or is it still the Golden State Warriors?
3: So it's actually, I'm finishing up a piece for our magazine up on Points for the Week, we kind of about this. You know, we we always like to, in sports betting, kind of do the whole pros versus Joes thing, right? You know, sharps sharps versus squares, and you want to fade the public and all that sort of stuff. Uh, But this is an interesting finals because, you know, all of the information and the people that I'm talking to, it does seem the closest to that sort of a split. There are, there is a lot of respected money and there's a lot of respected opinions on the Boston Celtics. There's a lot of respected people who believe the Boston Celtics are the better team in this series. Uh, But if you look at the wagering patterns uh, the public, is overwhelmingly supporting the golden state warriors. Uh, Almost every single shop you can talk to will report some sort of liability on golden state in a fashion or form, whether it's a series, uh, whether it is from a future standpoint, whatever it is. Uh, And on a day to day basis, if you look at the betting splits, uh, each of the first two games, the public has been very much on the side of Golden State. And even in Game 2, I was talking to uh, the uh, one of the guys who make the odds over at the, with the Westgate Superbook. His name's Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management. He was talking about how, like the public, that was all Game 2. They pushed that thing up to five. They liked the Warriors. So it is interesting to kind of see this shift. The smart money seems to be squarely on the side of Boston. There is few respected opinions on the Warriors, but – uh, the respective voices, majority of them are on the Celtics who believe that and they believe that they're the better team in the series.
1: Chatting with Jonathan Von Tobel here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Looking at the MVP race, you know, everybody the the storyline has been that the finals MVP is one thing that has eluded Stephen Curry. And so far through two games, it looks like if he can continue it and the and the Warriors win the finals. It could finally be his. Is he still is he the favorite in your eyes for the MVP as it stands right now?
3: Uh, I think. You, I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little bit, but I do know. Like when you're talking about Finals MVP, uh, like with Steph Curry, he deserves to be favored. I think at this point, mainly because there's a lot of things that go into it. Right when you talk about one liability, liability is always part of. Uh, odds like this so you always want to like you're not going to put steph curry up a three to one to win this thing because you're just going to get inundated with warriors money and i think given his two performances out of every single one of these players in this series he has been the most consistent through the first two games and as i talked about in terms of where the market is at for some of these shops where they have the warriors as the favorite he is the rightful favorite to win that award for finals mvp and for me and the market is kind of shifting like this there's really only three true candidates to win this award at this point it's steph curry it's Jalen Brown and it's Jason Tatum. Where I would quibble is, I do not believe a guy like Jason Tatum, uh, as the odds say, is the most likely Celtic to win this award. Should the Celtics actually win the series? If you look at his first game, he's getting a lot of uh, he's getting a lot of credit for dishing assists and becoming more of a facilitator. But he shot the ball extremely, extremely poorly in that game, and a lot of those were wide open looks that he probably should have hit. Jalen Brown was the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he was the guy. Uh, that sparked that fourth quarter comeback. He comes in in the first six minutes of that first, that fourth quarter. He scores ten points, dishes a couple of assists, has a steal as well. He was brilliant in that fourth quarter. wasn't great in game two, but still had much more of an impact on that win in game one than Tatum did. So for me, when you're looking at Finals MVP, it's down to three guys. And the value play, as somebody who believes Boston is going to win this series, would be like a Jalen Brown at a nine to one. I think that's what you're looking at. But if you're taking stabs like Derek White at 501, Al Horford, and that Clay Thompson, it's just not realistic. And we know this also because we know how these voters usually vote for this type of an award. It's usually the bigger name player. And right now, I think it's just down to three guys.
1: Jonathan Von Tobel, the host of The Edge here on Vison, chatting with us on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jonathan, I got two more for you. You know, give me a, a bet that you're watching for game three tomorrow night that people might want to pay attention to.
3: So I think for one, we'll go plain. Uh, the war, the uh, Celtics minus three and a half is, is something that I'm going to be betting. And I shouldn't say minus three and a half. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bet the Celtics for game three. I, I'm going to sit back and see what the market does with that number, though. I think when you look at like we talked about, right, the way that the market has been betting Golden State, I, I think clearly the Warriors are going to be the public side again. My question is just as a better, am I going to be able to lay three? Am I going to be able to even maybe, maybe lay three or two and a half? So I want to see what the market does regardless. Three and a half is going to be a number that's going to be available to me. I'll be on the Celtics in game three. The Celtics have responded really well after losses this season. If you include regular season and postseason, they have won 70% of their games after a straight up loss. They have covered 66% of their games after a straight up loss. This is a team that has responded extremely well. And on the flip side, you get Golden State going on the road, situation where they are not very good. They're three and four in the postseason away from home, they're two and five against the spread. Uh, they were not very good in, uh, in Memphis in that series against the Grizzlies. Lost the game against Dallas. Lost the game against for both on the road. Uh, so I think it's a really favorable situation for Boston. So I think from that perspective, it's definitely something worth looking at. And, and one prop really quick to, I think, keep an eye on Game two, I was on over on Kevon Looney points, and you saw the Warriors run a few more traditional pick and rolls as part of their adjustments. You saw more slips of screens. You saw him get the, the ball in his hands a little bit more. He ends up scoring, I think, it was a 10 or 11 points, goes over his point total prop of about 6.5, and, and you're looking at a similar point total prop there. If the Warriors come out with the same type of game plan, Kevon Looney could have himself a better scoring night yet again, so I would look to play Looney over his points.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I like the Celtics, minus three and a half. Um, I usually stay away from spreads. I'm usually more of a money line kind of guy, uh, just a, a straight up, you know, who's going to win. But the the Celtics, like you said, they've responded really well after a loss each time, and, and I could see them doing it again. So I definitely agree with you there. Jonathan, my last question for you is about VSEN as a network. You know, it's the first 24-7 broadcast network exclusively for sports betting. You know, just kind of talk about the network as a whole and how people can find y'all's work and, and how they can get involved with, with what y'all, what y'all are doing at VEASAN.
3: Uh Oh yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you can find all the work com. Uh, I'm the host of the edge show, So we're on Monday through Friday at 1 PM Pacific time. Uh, and I also have a lot of NBA content up on the website, written podcast and a, and a Sunday show. Uh, that's all NBA two hours at 3 PM Pacific time, but the network as a whole, uh, well, You know, we kind of try to say it all the time. We're about information. You know, there's bets and best bets out there, too, of course. Uh, but I think we do a great job. We do great coverage in a lot of specific sports. You know, I've got the NBA handled. My colleague, Adam Burke, does a tremendous job breaking down Major League Baseball from a betting standpoint, working in analytics and numbers and things of that nature. Andy McNeil, who covers the NHL. Uh, my co-host on The Edge, along with Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon, are some of the best golf bettors and minds that I have ever had the pleasure of working with. And very much worth breaking it down and of course football coverage you know head to toe uh, with a lot of our analysts as well because it's the uh, it's king uh, but yeah you can check that all up at com, and i think we do a lot of great work and i think it's definitely definitely worth checking out and a lot of free stuff too you know there's stuff behind paywalls but for those of you who are kind of like me uh, you don't want to go to there's a lot of stuff that you can use uh, to your advantage if you don't want to like a free newsletter podcast that are available for free as well wherever you get your podcast to so check out some of the work
1: Fantastic. Jonathan Von Tobel, the host of The Edge and the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Joining us here on Crunch Time with me guys and Mesh. JVT, really appreciate you taking the time. Great insight as always and who knows man, we'll talk to you down the line.
3: Yeah, anytime man. Thank you so much. There he
1: goes, Jonathan Von Tobel. James, he hyped up your Celtics a little bit. You, you, you that made you feel good? That you liked that a little bit? It's, it's kind
2: of line up at yeah. that point. I mean, I icing on you, the cake. you, huh? you you like them game three. I like them game three. Jvt likes them game three. A lot of the media overall is like, "Hey, I mean, st- even though it's like it's the Warriors are the the world's darling." If 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 I'm like honest, the, the Celtics.
1: If, if I'm honest, I like the Celtics in three and four. You
2: like them both. I do. Oh, I, I like them at home. I do. I I feel like the the Warriors are a better are better than maybe you would give them credit for. I guess you could say. Because uh, it's just hard for me to see them going up three one, and and, on the... and
1: and I agree with you. However, the NBA Finals on your home floor—that's going to be a different kind of environment. And Boston is notorious for having some crazy fans. The only thing is about that is you lost two
2: home games to Milwaukee and you lost three home games or no you lost, you, you lost two as well to Miami at home you only won one home game against Miami you only won two against Milwaukee
1: yeah but neither so one that's, of those neither one of those were the NBA finals it's a different beast it's a different beast home court advantage ramps up to a whole new level in the NBA Finals. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to win both of them. I'm just saying that if I had to throw some money down, I would take the Celtics in both three and four. Interesting. That's just, I don't know, I've, I've got a gut feeling that Jason Tatum is, is going to come out and play. You're going to have backup support from Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Maybe, who knows? Maybe Al Horford gets you fifteen again at some point in that stretch at home. Curry goes cold. Cause I mean, he's gonna have to have a bad game at some point. So I don't know. I I like I like the Boston Celtics. I think they're gonna go up three one. Then I think they're gonna drop game five back in San Francisco, and then they close out game six in Boston.
2: The kiss of death. Hey, Matt Vigas. Whatever, man.
1: <laughs> whatever, dude. Next Home Cutting Edge Realty is holding their annual Loop Day this Saturday from 9 to 1. The charity event benefits Canine Companions, which is a nonprofit that gives to those with disability dogs. The event will be located at Boye Park Dog Park at 411 West Bluebird Drive in Lafayette. A food truck, the Kona Ice Snow Cone Stand will be on site, plus music, treats, and prizes. All proceeds will once again be donated to K9 Companions. Next homes, cutting edge realty, loop day this Saturday, June 11th from 9 to 1 Boyer Park in Lafayette. Take a timeout, wrap up hour number one on the other side. Crunch time with me guys and mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Yep. Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. It is 454. We've got about three minutes before we end our number one. James. <laughs> mm, excuse me. You know who has been awfully quiet on the hotline the last couple of days? I mean, there are a few. surprised we haven't heard from Jamie Green. Mr. Green. His, his Tampa Bay Lightning are struggling and 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 he just, you know, falls by the wayside. <laughs> he he doesn't want to he doesn't want to call in and, and, and talk his smack no more. They're down 2 to 1 in the series, game 4 tonight. You know, and then if you look at game 3, it was their first game in Tampa Bay in this series, they had to score a goal with 42 seconds left to win it. The Rangers are giving them everything they want. And the Lightning haven't seen this in a couple years because the last two seasons, the Lightning just kinda, you know, rolled their way to the Stanley Cup and then so on and so forth. They're they're looking for a three peat this year. Um last night the Colorado Avalanche taking down the Edmonton Oilers six to five in overtime to sweep the Oilers, which was mighty surprising considering the talent that the oilers have with leon Dreisidel and connor mcdavid weird weird series i mean game 1 was 8 to 6 and then in game 2 the avs blow them out for nothing game 3 4 to 2 and then last night 6 to 5 in overtime just very very odd and now the avs are in the stanley cup finals for the first time since 2001 with the hopes of winning their third Stanley Cup trophy. All right, James, poll question of the day. Can the Astros take down the Mariners tonight? So far, 80% of you say yes. and 20% of you say no. James, where do you stand on that matchup?
2: I'm going to be hopeful. And I'll I'll take the Astros in this one. Hopeful but not optimistic. I mean, the thing is, I mean, they're they're starting with Chris Flexen tonight, who hasn't had the best season so far. He's two and six. It's true. And you're and you're throwing out Verlander out there.
1: It's JV day. Yeah. So you,
2: you got to feel good about this matchup at
1: least tonight. It it is it is JV day. Um. Oh God, the the jokes people are making about Phil Mickelson with his. I'm going to send you this picture, and we can talk about it off the top of the 5 o'clock hour since we're running out of time here in hour number one. And Wow. Um, the, the jokes people are making about Lefty. Poor guy. Anyways, hour number two, we will recap our first hour. We will dive deep into the Tigers and the Cajuns, and we're going to bring you To the Moon Tuesday. With Apollo Dez, we're going to get his thoughts on the Astros over the last week as well as ask him about that ridiculous ejection of Ryan Presley the other day in Kansas City. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hour number two of two here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, here at 502 on your Tuesday. There's a tweet circulating of Phil Mickelson arriving to the LIV draft earlier today, and Phil's, Phil's looking a little rough. Got the hair slicked back. He's got half of a beard got the crazy eyes going on. Got the crazy eyes. It looks like he's put on a little bit of weight. And and the tweet it's from DraftKings sports book and it says what does this man do for a living? Wrong answers only. And um some of them are kind of funny. Manager of a piano bar who drives a slightly used 1987 Corvette.
2: Someone said recover the Declaration of Independence.
1: Nicholas Cage with the crazy eyes. That's great. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know, but he's probably driving an 85 Trans Am. That's Aaron Rodgers in 15 years. Oh, Someone said he's an art
2: teacher and not a music teacher because he and music don't get along these days, man.
1: Somebody said strip club owner. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Oh, it's not double for Charlie Sheen. Wow, we could we could go on and on, but he's Aaron Rodgers in 15 years. You get the point. <laughs> um And then this is a tweet from No Laying Up, which is a big golf podcast, expecting an announcement later this week that Bryson will be pay- playing the inaugural LIV event. Wow. Bryson DeChambeau going to the LIV also, man. If that's the case, I mean, the PGA Tour might be in serious trouble. I mean, obviously the PGA Tour is gonna stay around because it's the PGA Tour, and you still got guys like Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods. But man, it, it's it's got to be concerning knowing that you have been the only golf tour you know every other golf tour branches out through you and and for now for that to not be the case that's uh that's got to be concerning James do you think that LIV is going to is going to last do you think it's going to have success it kind of feels like
2: we're going from musically to TikTok. Right. And like TikTok's the new thing and everybody's doing it. Everybody's hopping over there. And I mean, I think it could last a while, especially if if you're coming up with new ideas and you're getting all the big stars to to take their names out of the PJ and then going to your thing. Right. I mean, that's That's a huge momentum swing in and of itself. And then imagine with the new ideas where you got the team captains, you're drafting teams, and you're having fun with it. And then you got winners, you got big prize pools. People want more. People want, like, if you want to attract someone like me to be like, oh, I really want to see this golf tournament, this is something you would do. So making a huge change like this. I get the traditionalism and you wanna keep keep those traditions alive, but it's like sometimes you gotta see a change of pace and seeing something like this and people are hopping on board, that's huge.
1: Yeah. There no no question about it. I, I think the, the tour will have success. It's just it's I I'm interested to see because you're gonna have a lot of people that regardless of what golfers go over to the LIV, they're not going to watch it because they're stuck in their ways, and the PGA tour is the PGA tour.
2: Oh yeah, there, there are going to be people that are like that where it's like it's oh,
1: this until I die. Right like if Dustin Johnson left oh who cares? I, I'll watch the PGA tour. you know thats just you're going to have those people, and I wonder if there's going to be enough people like that to where maybe LIV doesn't succeed down the road. I don't know. it's going to be interesting. You'll, I think it'll,
2: you'll get a huge crowd at first. It's kind of going to be like every other football league that we've seen, right? Where it's new, it's exciting. Everybody's there. It's exciting after a couple but the, of weeks. The only thing is about that is with the other football leagues, the product isn't as good, right? With this. The product is good. The product will be good because you're getting the best golfers in the world. Right. You're not just taking people that want to be good. You're taking the best of the best.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be exciting. The LIV Tour begins on June 9th in Portland, Oregon. James, let's talk about LSU baseball now and the, the wild weekend that, that they had. Because you start off with Friday playing Kennesaw State, after five innings you're down eleven to four. Eleven to four. LSU says, mm, "That's okay." Watch what we're about to do: single by Barry, single by Pearson, double by Thompson, single by Morgan. Joe Bear reaches on a fielder's choice, a double by Cruz, and a single by Pearson. Scores ten runs in the eighth and gives LSU a fourteen to eleven victory. You know, in in that moment, LSU really looked like they just had the baseball gods on their side. And uh, we'll we'll continue that conversation in a minute. Let's go to the hotline. David joins us on the show. What's going on, David? How are you?
4: I'm doing well. You guys are talking about this new golfing league, and I'll be the first to admit, look, I don't watch golf, but I follow sports. And you were making a comparison between the golf and, and, and the new leagues within, when it comes to football. But you have to keep in mind this. When there's a new league in football, it's, their audience is basically America. That's it. Because the rest of the world really doesn't care about American football. There is, there's pockets here and there, but the rest of the world doesn't care. But golf is global, unlike football. Yeah. So the rest of the world will watch this new league, even if Americans don't.
1: That's a good point.
4: You know, so we have to keep that in mind. It's not just America that makes the where the money flows. So <laughs> I think this league will succeed.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I think they will succeed just of you know, the amount of money that's been poured into it and then not to mention the type of guys. I mean, Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson. If the rumors about Bryson DeChambeau are true, I mean, you're taking some of the top talent in the PGA Tour and bringing them over to this new league, which obviously would bring loads of success to, to this Saudi-backed golf tournament.
4: Exactly. Now what's the young man, no, I say young man, what's the guy's name from um, Spain again? Garcia?
1: Sergio Garcia.
4: Yeah. So, now isn't is he going to be part of this? He is. So, you, you know, you're looking at some of these top European golfers that are going over there, and so their fans are definitely going to pay attention. Uh, to, Louis like, Louis Ustazen,
1: Louis Oosthuizen from South Africa as well. He's he's going to the LIV tour as well.
4: Yeah, so their fans, all these, you know, these, these um, African um, continent fans and these European continent fans, they're definitely going to follow their guys.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I didn't look at it that way. That's a great point. Really appreciate the call, David. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really look at it that way. You, you, you get trapped in this bubble of, you know, it's a it's an mostly American sport because of how many events they play in the U.S. for the PGA Tour. But then if you look at the LIV schedule, they're playing a lot of events overseas. I mean the the tournament it, it's Saudi Arabian, you know, a group of of Saudi Arabians is is what started it. Like this is a your this is a European national tour, and. You're going to have events in Spain and England, and I want to say there's one in Africa. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's actually a, a really great point because I never, I never looked at it from the international perspective of how popular golf is as a whole. Going back to LSU, took down Kennesaw State 14-11, to 11, and then, again, the magic showed up On Saturday when they played Southern Miss. It was a late late lead for Southern Miss. It was six to two going into the ninth. LSU scores four in the ninth with a Cruise homer, a two-run homer from K Doty, and then an RBI single from Jordan Thompson to send it to extras and end extra innings. Josh Pearson scoring Josh Stevenson. To win the game seven to six and put them in the regional final. However, Sunday and Monday was just not going to be the Tigers' day. Eight to four to Southern Miss on Sunday, and then eight to seven yesterday against Southern Miss to in ultimately fall in that regional. After the game yesterday, Jay Johnson spoke about this team missing out on Omaha and just how badly he wanted to bring this particular group to the college world series.
5: I don't think they needed this for motivation. I mean, they fought their heart out. I mean, I think it's really simple of um, we got to pitch better end of story. I mean, that's the story of, of this tournament. That's the story of the sec tournament. That's the story of the last regular season game at Vanderbilt. There's nothing about competitiveness. There's nothing about heart. These guys don't need more motivation. I mean, this this, dude, I wanted to take this team to Omaha so bad. Like, I can't even express it into words. There's not one LSU-only player that's played in Omaha. I wanted to take these guys to Omaha. And um, so that that hurts right now. And um, we'll get there. I have no doubt in my mind that we'll do that. And uh, these two got a chance to be a big part of going for it next year. Um, It just hurts because I wanted to do it with this team. I wanted to do it with this team. I think on the inside, like, I I knew how special that, that would have been for, you know, some things that we overcame and um, how bad these guys wanted it, how open they were to a new way. I mean, it's different. I, I roll a little bit differently, and there was buy-in from the first day of that I picked up the phone and called both of them. I think they were probably my first two phone calls, to be honest with you. So I just – I just did not want to even let myself go to we're not playing next Saturday. Like, that it, it still probably hasn't even really sunk in yet.
1: As a reminder, today is the day that you're going to sign up for the game Clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, but you're going to get the chance to enter to win tremendous free prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino. Mouthwatering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous sides, and much more. Only way to score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's is by becoming a member of the game clubhouse. How do you do that? 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. Take a time out right here. When we return, we'll have some more audio from Jay Johnson and his players, as well as the Cajuns. We'll recap their College Station regional and... Look ahead to the Supers this weekend. You're listening to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037, Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, before we get back to the LSU-UL conversation, an interesting development came out in the Deshaun Watson case. So there's now a 24th civil lawsuit that has been filed against him. And then on top of that, there there is an article that has come out that says that the Houston Texans whether knowingly or not that they enabled Watson's conduct by providing the venue that Watson used for some of his appointments for some of his massage appointments. A team representative also furnished him with a non-disclosure agreement after a woman who is now suing him threatened online to expose his behavior. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if how true any of this is, but e- even for that to be written and published, it's not a great look if you're the Houston <laughs> well, Texans. I, <laughs>
2: Yeah, now now they're getting dragged into it even more. Like they they thought that issue was done. They were like, "We traded the guy. Yeah, we look, traded
1: him. Let's move on." Yeah. We're, oh, now we got to bring it back, oh, man. Oh, and then and then, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Oh, it's it's
2: fifteen fifteen. <laughs> and at this and point. I'm
1: I'm going to say that I was wrong. I am very happy the Saints did not trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean,
2: I look, I the way I saw it was he's not guilty yet, so technically he's still innocent. And, I mean, if we're looking at talent-wise, he's a better overall quarterback than Jameis is. It's true. He's a lot more proven, so it's like if you want to have your best chance, I mean, it feels like Deshaun would be a good one. But with all the distractions now, and you see – Right, And and it's funny that he went to the Browns where the Browns feel like they're the most cursed franchise and they'll never be able to get out of it even if they do have star power with Miles Garrett and now they got Amari Cooper and now they got Deshaun. But it feels like with this team, even though they have talent and Nick Chubb and others, it feels like even though they have all the star power, they'll very much underperform and it feels like they'll get rid of... Uh, what's their head coach? Kevin Stefanski? Yeah, It feels like the team will underperform once again even without baker and then we'll we'll see another dyam- dyam- dynamic where you were like well was it really all of baker's fault
1: <laughs> oh really <laughs> and it, it it brings me back to the carolina like, or panthers or maybe it's
2: just the, maybe it's just cleveland that's well, cursed
1: we right. <laughs> see it brings me back to the panthers firing joe brady was Joe Brady really the problem? So you mean to tell me, I understand that the NFL and college is a completely different game. I really do. I get that. See Nick Saban. However, you cannot tell me that a man who was a year removed from creating the best Offense that college football has ever seen was your problem on offense for the Carolina Panthers.
2: Well, the thing is, it wasn't necessarily that Joe Brady was underperforming. It was more the fact that Matt Rule was is still the head man currently, and because he saw how he wanted the offense to be one way, but Brady saw it the other way. They butted heads, and it's like, look, if, if we can't come to an agreement, the head coach overrules the offensive coordinator. So,
1: Yeah, but then here here's what's interesting. Brady hasn't gotten a job since then. Joe Brady is still an employee to this day, which is, is mind-blowing to me because of how good he is. Well, I take that back. He's the quarterback's coach for the Bills.
2: Of course, that's a hell of a gig.
1: <laughs> that Yeah, that's not a bad gig. Um, I didn't realize that that had happened. But again, like, Carolina, the, the thing that baffles me is you fire Joe Brady thinking, oh, you know, this is going to change the offense. This is going to make us better, blah, blah, blah. Has it? Has it really? Because the only thing that has happened since then is that you let Christian McCaffrey go out there and get hurt. Again. Because the biggest thing about last year's injury is he gets hurt. He comes back. You probably let him come back a week or two too early. And then he gets hurt again. Not to mention, who's your quarterback? Sam Darnold? P.J. Walker? I mean... The Carolina Panthers have a load more issues than Joe Brady being their offensive coordinator. Am I right or am I right, James? You're definitely not wrong. Thank you.
2: I mean, th- the their the team has a lot of issues and they might be the, the dude, top
1: three top three pick. Their owner doesn't even want to be there anymore. Their owner is trying to get out.
2: They're looking to re-sign Cam for a third time.
1: That's that's another story. Like, why? Don't get me wrong. Cam 10 years ago? Sure. Cam, Cam was that dude. Cam, Cam 5, five years, years ago was that dude. He was still good. No. He hurt that shoulder. He had surgery. He's never
2: been the same. And here's the thing with that. He he was looking good the first 2 weeks in New England. But then he got COVID and for and somehow and this has happened a f- with a few players, once he got COVID, like oh, yeah. for some reason his play he just w- just plummeted. Yep. Like, he looked like he was almost back to 2015 Cam Newton. MVP Cam Newton and then he's out for game 3 and then he comes back game 4 and plays the rest of the season and he has like maybe 10
1: touchdowns passing. Right. Yeah, Carolina's Carolina's got a load of issues to uh, to work on themselves. Let's talk about the Ragin' Cajuns falling in the College Station Regional after a 6-1 defeat to TCU on Sunday. Cajuns end their season at 37-23, and winning their first conference championship since 2016. After the game, head coach Matt Deggs talked about how – there was no better place than Cajun Nation. No, don't have it. Okay. Um, okay, do this. Let's do. L- Let's go back to LSU and give me Gavin Duga with his thoughts on yesterday's loss to Southern Miss.
6: Uh, it's, it's hard to put into words right now. I'm, I'm proud of how we competed. You can't prepare for anything like this. This is the, this is the worst time of the year watching your season coming in, but I'm proud of how we did with this team and what we've had. And I know that I'm going to have all those guys that's back for the rest of their lives, and I wish it could have went further, and I truly believe we could have, but it's baseball the way it is sometimes. Um, I'm just proud of this team, proud, proud of how we played today.
1: LSU will look to get some better pitching, hopefully keep some... Guys that are draft eligible, like Jacob Berry, like Gavin Duga, and make another run next year at Omaha. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, can help with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our awards club, you will have the opportunity to win some awesome prizes. We tell you this all the time. Like a $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House, we want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood. But you can only win that $50 gift certificate to half shell by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So sign up today. Take a time out when we return. Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU will join us. It's time for To the Moon Tuesdays. We'll talk everything Houston Astros here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers.
0: Fly me to the moon. That's driven deep to left center field. Gardner is going back. Look at See you later.
7: See you later. See you later. Astros headed back to the World Series.
0: Miguez and Mesh are ready to launch into all things Houston Astros. Here is to the Moon on crunch time with Miguez and Mesh.
1: Apollo Des of Apollo HOU joins us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh for To the Moon Tuesdays. Des, what's going on, man? How are you?
6: I'm good, bro. How are you?
1: Doing well. I'm doing well. Let's talk about the last week of the Houston Astros. You swept the A's. You took two out of three of Kansas City, and now you're at home facing the Mariners. Lost last night, looking to bounce back tonight. You know, for, for those of us who, who don't get to... Watch the Houston Astros because of, of blackout restrictions and whatever else. I've griped about that a million times. What happened last night in the ninth inning for the benches to clear?
6: Yeah, it seems like a lot of frustrations kind of been pent up. Uh, we saw with Kansas City the day before uh, when Presley got thrown out of the game when he was up. We're up four with two outs in the ninth. And then yesterday we had a couple of guys get hit, and I I don't think we sent a message, but I guess it got uh, – Lost in translation, and Scott Service thought it was a, a intentional. And then he saw uh, the benches clear in the, in the ninth inning in a, a one-run ball game. I don't, I don't really know teams that uh, make a move to hit other teams when they're down one and in, uh, in the ninth inning. But you know, I guess they took exception to it. And uh, I'm, I'm jazzed up to see Verlander pitch tonight and see if uh, we actually do send a message.
1: Yeah, and then you, you brought up Ryan Presley getting tossed against the Royals on Sunday. Man, I, I saw multiple videos of that altercation. That was one of the most ridiculous ejections I've ever seen.
6: It was, it was like you said, ridiculous. Uh, it's a total ump show. At the end of the day, the umpires—we don't pay to see them. Uh, they think they're the uh, lifeblood of Major League Baseball, uh, and <clears throat> this is what we get. And you get a closer who's. Never been known to, you know, go up and in on any batters. But uh, there you go. We I guess we sent a message with two outs in the ninth inning and, a, and the game were up four. So it's a total ump show all the time, and it's just it's getting ridiculous at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's no reason to believe that Presley was even trying to hit Taylor there with a four-run lead in the ninth. I mean, it was just a pitch that got away from him. It, it went a little inside. And, I mean, the, the umpire, like you said, it's the ump show. They took it way out of proportion, ended up ejecting him with a with a four-run lead. And usually, you know, I, I said this on my social media, I usually am not a fan of, of players, you know, having words with the umpire or pointing their fingers at umpires or whatever. But man, Ryan Presley's reaction was 100% warranted on Sunday.
6: Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy because Ryan Presley, we've had him now, what, since 2018 and I don't think we've ever seen him act like that in almost four and a half years' time. And uh, it, it was warranted. I honestly I honestly think so. He was just asking, you know, what the heck is going on here? And uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we saw it. It looked like uh, the team, you know, obviously we dropped the game last night. But, I mean, to see the guys and, and Maldi, uh, he jazzed up a bit. It's always great to see in the, the 162 uh, marathon that we're in.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Chatting with Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU here on To the Moon Tuesdays. All right, man, looking at the AL West, the Astros have an eight-and-a-half game lead. Your second-place team, the Angels, riding a 12-game losing streak, just fired their manager, Joe Madden, Um, To be in the position that the Astros are in with that eight-and-a-half game lead, your your closest competition in the division just fired their coach. I mean, you gotta feel pretty good if you're the Astros right now.
6: Oh, hundred um, percent. but baseball baseball tends to uh even things out. So they just gotta keep their foot on the gas and, and keep going. Um look, the the Angels we always know they're top heavy. They got two of the greatest generational talents we've seen in baseball with Mike Trout and but they're top heavy. We know that. They have no pitching, they have no depth. You have the rest of the division where Oakland's in a rebuild. Uh, Seattle looks like there's going to be a thorn in our side and and they just want to play. We'll chase you down from 20 games out. And then the Rangers spent half a billion dollars and and they still haven't figured out, hey, you need pitching in this league. So um, at the end of the day, I I love where we're at, but baseball just finds its way to to even out and you just got to – Keep your foot on the gas. Keep your, your head focused and head down and go to work. And I think this team, they, they do it well. They keep the blinders on. They've been here before. They've been in June with a, a, a pretty comfortable lead. And, and I hope they extend this to double digits here by the off-star break.
1: Now, you, you brought up Seattle being a thorn in the side. Looking at the season so far, the Astros are 5-5 five and five against the Mariners, which means that 25% of the team's losses this season have come against Seattle. Would you consider Seattle to, you know, for lack of better terms, kind of be a kryptonite for the Astros? I mean, they they've won. You you had that sweep, and then you've taken one out of three, the other two series. But the Astros just can't seem to figure them out.
6: Yeah, it's it it goes all the way back to the COVID year, right? When when Seattle won the division in the in the in the Mickey Mouse year, and so uh, look, I've always I've been on Twitter, and I've I've taken the black for it. I've always said. Seattle's a problem, and this is before you know Major League Baseball and all the Twitter accounts. You know, deem them to be the team to win in the in the West, but they got a lot of money to spend. They have a good GM. They have a lot, a lot of young talent, top prospects as well. Um, I think there'll be a, a thorn in our side like Oakland was for for quite a bit. And yes, I know we have they're chasing ten games from us, but like you said, twenty five percent of our losses are against this Seattle team that's twenty five and thirty. And um, I just think it's going to be like that all the way. You know. Through the, uh, through
1: the race of it all. Chatting with Apollo Dez here on To the Moon Tuesdays. Batting lineup for tonight looking good. Dez, you know, JV on the mound. Altuve in in the top spot. Jeremy Pena having a, a good start to his rookie campaign. But, man, there's no bigger storyline with the Astros right now than the domination that Jordan Alvarez has put on.
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, he just got paid – a very, very, I think it's going to be a team-friendly deal when we look back. He's one of the best bats in Major League Baseball. He doesn't get enough, enough recognition for the national media, and that's fine. Jordan Alvarez is going to be a generational talent. We're spoiled to watch him. Uh, thank you, Dodgers, for that Josh Fields trade, you right. know, back, back in the day. And, uh, no, I just, I mean, I, I love to watch that guy hit because I've said it before, like, he gets to David Ortiz. Big Poppy Thompson, Look, no disrespect, and I'll say it again and again, he hits power to all sides of the ball field. Jordan Alvarez is not just sitting here sitting spinning, and spinning and letting his average drop to 210, but he's dropping 60 home runs. It's it's He's up there in OPS. He's up there in average. Whatever metric you want to weight it uh, and view batting in your eyes, he's going to be up in the top ten, and uh, we're really, really full. We get to watch this guy hit.
1: So here here's a question I have for you, and it's about Alex Bregman. You know, looking <laughs> at his numbers, his numbers aren't gaudy. A 217 average, six home runs, twenty eight RBIs. He does have twelve doubles on the season. You know, people seem to be disappointed in, in his performance so far through the first, you know, fifty five games. Where do you stand on, on Alex Bregman? Because from my point of view, looking at his numbers, he seems to be somewhat efficient.
6: Yeah, I'm in I'm in your camp. I think he's been able to be efficient. Uh look, if you talk to Breg, you know he's he's not he's not happy where he is right now in the season. But that doesn't mean he's not having a good season. his walk rate is up, his strikeout rate is down, he'd take that ten times out of ten and twice on Sunday. Um I do have the pleasure to, to know him quite well and I know he's working, I know he's tweaking things and I I know the fan base is just kind of just like, Hey, what are we are we gonna get to twenty nine, Alex Bregman and look one of the greatest spoils that this Astros team has, and I think the fan base takes it for granted, that these superstars can go in these ruts and try to figure it out in season uh, because there's so many other superstars in this lineup. Probably the Dodgers, probably the Yankees, are probably the only other teams that have this luxury. Every other superstar or high paid guy across the league is that dude for that Major League Baseball team. So if they struggle, the team struggles. If one of our superstars struggles, we have six or seven more that could pick up the – take up the slack and, and the weight of it, and let that guy figure it out. It's 162. It's it's a marathon. The guy's going to have bad weeks. They're going to have really good weeks. And the numbers are going to say what the truth is at the end of the season. So I think Bregman is right there, like you said. He's, he's being efficient. It'd be different if his strikeout rate was, you know, all the way up and the walks were down. But he's getting on base. He's figuring ways out to be productive. And he's going to get high. He's going to have a hot month, and we're going to be sitting here, you know, why did it be everything Alex Bregman was, you know, broken when he's not. It's just baseball.
1: Chatting with Apollo Des here uh, on To the Moon Tuesdays. Lance McCullers, you know, slowly looking to get back into the rotation. Where does he stand, and how close is he to a return?
6: Yeah, I think uh, some of the beat writers today talked about uh, he threw about like 25, 30 pitches um, around 86, 87 miles an hour, and introduced the cutter back in his bullpen session. So I'm still adamant that he's going to be back after the all-star break, um, even if it's a little after that. Hey, take his time. Don't rush this. Uh, we have a plethora of pitchers right now, so um, I, I just I want him to stay the course. I want the Astros to stay the course. And it's like getting a big time trade at the deadline when this arm is introduced. A fresh Lance McCullers down the stretch and in October when teams are worn down. That's um, that's 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 big time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, you brought up a plethora of pitching. I'll end with this. To have two starters like Framber Valdez and Justin Verlander to both just be insane. I mean, Valdez with a 2.61 ERA, Verlander 2.23, leading the Cy Young race. I mean, how crucial is that to have two arms that you can depend on night in and night out down the stretch of the season?
6: I think it's huge. Um, I think it it's a testament to the organization, um, the pitching pitching coach uh, Murphy and Miller the analytics department, the R&D department, to to get these guys in a position to succeed. But they have to execute. And we're watching these guys execute at a really high level, especially when the offense hasn't been uh, the Astros standard, uh, per se. So they've really cared us this this first third of the season. It's been special to watch. Pitching wins in October, we know that. We've seen it. We've been on the wrong end of it, though. you know, in 19 and 21. Uh, But I think these guys are just just being – the best is a craft, and uh, when we look back, we're like, "Wow, we had Framber Valdez and Justin Verlander in 2021, and oh, by the way, Luis Garcia and Creedy and Lance McCullers and Jacob Arizzi and Christian Javier." Like, it's, it really is still the golden age, and it's just a different twist of it and a different volume of it. But pitching wins championships, and man, I'm a, I'm just so excited to watch uh, Justin Verlander pitch tonight.
1: Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU joining us here on To the Moon Tuesdays. Apollo Dez, appreciate you taking the time. As always, my friend, uh, have a great week. Go Stros, and we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday.
0: Absolutely. Sounds good, bro, man. Tune in next week for another edition of To the Moon here on Crunch Time with With Miguez and Mesh. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time with me. guys Mesh right here on The Game. Trail is putting on a free all-day event this Saturday at Cafe 20.3 at 1500 General Mouton in Lafayette. In addition to free paddling, there will also be a party featuring live music to help out the Mile Zero Heroes by raising awareness and funds to build the new Teach Frere Park and Boat Launch at Mile Zero of the Vermilion River. Donations and sponsorships are welcome. Trail will match up to $20,000 in donations. For more information, visit latrail.org. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. You got about five or so minutes left in today's show, and we're going to talk Louisiana Rage and Cajun's as we said earlier, fell to TCU on Sunday 6-1 to, to fall out of the NCAA tournament with a record of 1-2 and two in the tournament. They did finish the season 37-23 and 23 and captured their first Sunbelt championship since 2016. And after the game, Matt Deggs had a message to Cajun Nation.
7: I came back for the Robichaux family and for Cajun Nation and for the 2014 team, and I believe that we gave all everybody something to be proud of this year. And these kids came along when I needed them most. And I'll always say, i say it again, (laughs) I need them way more than they need me. And that's a fact. But what makes my heart full, and I'm fine carrying on, and uh, I'm fine losing these guys right now. It's gonna hurt for a couple, two or three weeks. But we have a job to do, and I feel like these kids took this program and put it back to where it's something that everybody can be proud of right now, look forward to, embrace, and really something for a community to rally around. And there's no better place than Cajun Nation.
1: To continue that sentiment, Matt Deggs talked about Texas A&M. You know, Texas A&M is a university that he spent time at, you know, pre-alcohol issues that that forced him out of the game of baseball, which brought him to Lafayette the first time in twenty twelve. You know, he he talked about his love for A and M and how there's people there today that, you know, still run the show and he he was able to to reconnect with those people over the last couple of days. So here's his thanks to not only U L but to Texas A and M.
7: It's about to get really fun. I will say this. Spent six years here And uh, people have been incredible to me and my family this week. And uh, my kids did a lot of formidable growing up here and formidable years. And and, uh, I just want to say a heartfelt thanks to to all the Aggies that embraced us and uh, made us feel at home again. And uh, that speaks to the people of Texas and uh, all of our fans from Lafayette and Cajun Nation that traveled over here and have never left our side no matter what. They just kept coming with us, kept propelling us, kept pushing us. just want to say thank you, and we love you.
1: To con- And, you know, looking at the, the weekend as a whole, it started off with that 7-6 win over TCU, and then the heartbreaker to Texas A&M where the Cajuns had a two-run lead in the seventh and just couldn't quite hold on to it before they fell 9-6, you know, Coach Degg's, opened the post-game press conference on Sunday, talking about how the team was low on ammo to begin with, but they were really out of bullets and out of magic heading into Sunday.
7: Yeah, uh, we probably shot all our bullets last night. Uh, We were running a little low on ammo to begin with, and... uh, You know, we we landed some serious blows last night, and and, uh, I I feel like that was our shot. And I honestly woke up expecting us to to have a great game today, but we just got out, man. TCU was a better ball club today, and that's okay. Uh, Love the way our guys fight, love the way they compete, and I love the way they love each other. And uh, these boys changed the course of this program this year, and that's all I can ask, and I'll be forever grateful to them.
1: And then lastly, piggybacking off of that, you know, talking about running out of magic, running out of bullets, Coach Deggs said that a lot of that attributed to the grind of a postseason that the Cajuns had to endure to get to college station.
7: The run that we've been on, when you look at our arch rival, South Alabama. And then a Texas State team, I don't know what they've done today, but they're an Omaha-type team. And then Georgia Southern, pound for pound, the highest RPI in our league. And then to get TCU, and then to have a lead in the seventh last night against AM. A lot of that is want to, and a lot of that is, is tough, hard-nosed baseball. But a lot of that, too, there's some breaks involved. And today we just ran out of magic.
1: The Cajuns will look to regroup and – respond in 2023 losing a good bit especially on the mound your entire weekend rotation is graduating uh, but they look to to regroup they will return a lot of offense Carson Rockefort, Tyler Robertson Max Marshock a couple others uh, the big question is going to be will Julian Brock return he is a draft eligible sophomore he was arguably the best defensive catcher in the league one of the top in the country. Will he return, or is he going to get his name called high enough in the MLB draft to make it worth it to go grind through the minor league system now instead of waiting another year? Congratulations to the Cajuns on winning that Sun Belt Championship and fighting hard in the regional. Congrats to LSU as well for their regional success in Hattiesburg. Let's update the poll question one last time. Can the Astros take down the Mariners? 79% 79% of you say yes. 21% say no. I'm on the yes train. You got Justin Verlander on the mound tonight. You got Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve's coming alive. Jeremy Pena leading the rookies in home runs. I, I think the Astros can get it done tonight. I, I think Justin Verlander is going to give you a solid outing and they, they find a way. So. Appreciate Apollo Dez joining us for To the Moon Tuesdays. Appreciate Jonathan Von Tobel with his sports betting analysis. We'll have him on again here in the near future. For James Mesh, I am Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. It's going to be a wacky one. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.